This is Very Public Affairs, the podcast of the Centre for Corporate Public Affairs. Here's your host, Wayne Burns. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Very Public Affairs. I'm Wayne Burns, the Executive Director of the Centre for Corporate Public Affairs. This week I spoke with Bay Warburton. Bay is the former Chief of Staff to New South Wales Premier Mike Baird and Head of Stakeholder Relations at Mervac, a very big property development company in Australia and Asia Pacific. I talked to him about his transition between the two roles, Head of Function coming from a political office and Head of a political office. I asked him about the big ticket adjustments he'd had to make and for his advice to offer other executives coming to a head of function role from outside the profession. We also spoke about what he had set out to achieve in his first 100 days and how he did in hitting those goals. Bay, you've made the transition from Chief of Staff to the Premier of New South Wales, the biggest state in, in Australia, where you had a big staff. You had basically a public service at the Premier's disposal and at your direction in a way as well, via the office of the Premier. And you've gone on to be head of function at Mervac, which is one of the largest retail, industry and also residential property development and asset management companies in this part of the world. What has been the biggest transition you had to make from running that office, the office of the Premier, from being the Uber traffic director and coordinator of that office, uh, and also a policymaker, Uh, to a corporation, to running a public affairs function at a corporation. What's been the biggest transition for you? There's been a few, Wayne. I think um, on the fun side, I don't have to get up at 5 o'clock to read the news clippings every day, which is great. Um, I don't have to listen to the shock jobs every day. That's great too. Um, But, you know, on the adjustment side of things, the, 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 the transition you described from going to heading up a office for the Premier plus all the public service underneath it to setting up a new function within Murbach, that's been, that's been a challenge. Um, I now need to be that proactive thinker about the threats to our business as opposed to having a team of people who are employed specifically to do that. Uh, I have a much deeper obligation to my boss, the CEO, because um, she has employed me to do that. Um, I think the other flip side is uh, Murbach is a very different beast to government. In government, you want to get headlines, and generally the media is... Uh, keen to get those headlines and to report on those things. Um, here we have to be much more strategic both to get cut through but also um, uh, Murdoch I found is a very humble organisation. It just goes about its business and it's happy doing that. Uh, I of course think that there are opportunities for us to get positive news out there, tell our story a bit more. So part of my job is to actually persuade internally that we should be pursuing uh, stories, angles, um, different types of narratives that we want to portray to the outside world, whether it's you know, the general public or investors. And so that's part of my job as well. And that, that's the difference, having to chase that and persuade people of the need for um, a, a greater public narrative, that's interesting as well. One of the big changes that people coming from political offices find when transferring into the corporate public affairs environment is the extent of internal stakeholder engagement that's required to get things done. Did it take you a little while to get into the rhythm of that, of engaging a multitude of internal stakeholders? Uh, and if that was the case, how, how did you actually manage that? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, look, I stumbled into an organisation, not stumbled, but I landed in an organisation with a fantastic culture and very opening, very open, very welcoming. But uh, as when you move into any new organisation, you do need to know uh, the rules of the jungle, you know, the formal rules, the informal rules, the who's who in the zoo... You need to meet lots of people. And I think that was a thing that really struck me was 
that shift from command and control, which you have out of necessity when you're a chief of staff to a premier, to an influencing role, even though you have the business card saying sitting on the leadership team, um, you know, organisations need to get used to you, need to build into your rhythm, you need to build into theirs. There is an investment of time you need to make to get to know how the organisation works, who's who in the organisation, who's, who's going to be best placed to assist you. Even when that organisation like Mervac is, is entirely disposed to helping, it just takes that time and you have to invest that. And that was, I think that was one of the key learnings I took, especially for my first year. The pace between a ministerial office or the Premier's office or any political office at the Cabinet level is quite frantic. Mm-hmm. And some folk and political staffers from offices say it's, it's almost like crack cocaine. You sort of get addicted to it and you get addicted to the chase and the issues. And it can take six months or a year or even longer if you move into a private sector job to almost withdraw from that and recover from those symptoms. Uh, am I missing anything? It's almost like FOMO, fear of missing out. Should I be doing more? Did the change for you uh, from the pace in the Premier's office, the political office, to the pace in a corporation have any impact on you? Uh, what you just described is exactly my phenomenon. Now, I had the, I had the benefit of six months off between jobs, which was, uh, was absolutely necessary for me and was, it was a great sabbatical um, in my career. But, you know, coming in and you're absolutely right describing the, heck, I'm not back-to-back in meetings and then 300 emails and 20 texts and phone buzzing all the time. What, what's wrong with me? I'm not doing my job properly. And it is that different pace, but it's also, I think, what, as, a, well, as you've described, as I've shared with other colleagues who've come out of government, um, it, that is an abnormal world, not the normal world. And so readjusting has taken its time. Because you're building a new function, the stakeholder relations function in MERVAC, and in an organisation where stakeholder relationships are extremely important and you were going into a new role as well, did you have a 100-day or, or the popular 90-day plan? Mm. I, I did, in fact. I read a great book I was given it many years ago, um, one of my previous jobs. Michael Watkins from Harvard has a book called The First 100 Days, I think it is. And so I read through that, and that was very helpful in diagnosing both the type of company I was going into, what that meant for a new role, and also what it meant for me individually, as a, you know, personally going into this new, newly created role, but also how I had to shape my own thinking. So I did have a 100-day plan. Um, I think that if I looked at it and I was honest about it, I probably achieved maybe 50, 60% of it. Um, you know, on the, on, on the plus side, uh, lots of meeting people, seeing lots of assets, trying to wrap my head around the business, meeting board, meeting fellow executives, travelling around, seeing the assets that Mervac owns and manages, um, understanding my current team, their strengths, the opportunities, what we, you know, what we agreed we needed to do, you know, building the fundamentals of the strategy. You know, all those things were, were, were things I wanted to do in the first 100 days, three months. Um, what Sue, as my boss, was very happy for me to do. I think where it didn't happen was I was just far more aggressive than the time permitted that, um, you know, I wanted to have that strategy absolutely knocked down in 100 days and off we go. And I know people who have managed to do that. Um, there just wasn't... Um, I just didn't feel like I had enough line of sight over the entire business to do it in the first 100 days. Didn't feel that would have been appropriate either because I hadn't done full consultation in a big organisation. And, and, and also there was no need. that the, the functions that I'm, I'm now responsible for were running well. There didn't need to be a wholesale change. Uh, and so it's more tweaking than... It's more evolution than revolution, revolution if you like. So... You know, working through that and being flexible in that plan while letting my boss know it 
um, was absolutely the right thing to do. So would you recommend to anyone going into a new job as a head of function to have a three or four month initial plan? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think on two fronts. One, uh, it demonstrates to your new organisation, particularly your new boss, that you've thought hard about what you're doing and you're excited about it and there's a structure around it. But it also gives structure too. I mean, when you walk into a new organisation and once you know, week one, week two inductions are through and you've got to make your own calendar and make your own time, what you want is a structure around what are you going to do with your time. You want a structure around where you're going to meet, where you're going to focus, where you're going to you know, spend your time investing as you learn the business, learn the role. I think having a plan is exactly what you need. You're listening to Very Public Affairs, the regular podcast of the Centre for Corporate Public Affairs. The Centre is a membership by company organisation comprising 150 member corporations across Asia-Pacific. We work with our members to disseminate international best practice on managing corporate public affairs. And we offer and deliver professional development to public affairs practitioners globally, including via our online learning platform. The Centre also conducts research into managing the function. Follow us on Twitter or LinkedIn or visit us at www.accpa.com.au or download the Centre's app, which is available both on iTunes and Google Play. What percentage of your capabilities and skills and experience from heading up a political and policy office were transferable to your head of stakeholder relations role at Mervac? Yeah, oh, look, I'd, I'd say it was all transferable, mm-hmm. um, and that and that layers on previous work that I'd also done in, in previous iterations of my career. Uh, I think what I've learned is that there are new skills that I had to learn in this role. Um, as sitting on a sitting on the leadership team of an ASX 50 company is an entirely different role than I've previously had. Um, it's about that influence. It's that using judiciously the position that I have to impact change for the good of the organisation uh, rather than just command and control, implement, execute, do this, do this. It's you know, bringing people along and, and just it, it's a refining of what I previously had, but it was a new skill that I'm still learning. And then, of course, there's an entirely new industry called property, which I'm still learning and will take some time. I recognise why people have 20 and 30 careers in this industry because you know it's a very technically uh, specific industry and you have to learn those steps as you go. From where you sit now in the private sector, yeah. do you see the policy boat in the private sector is slower to turn around than in government? Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. Um, you know, you're going from a position of controlling the outcome to influencing what the outcome might be. And that's just a, a, a you know, slower, as you say, more consultative approach. You've got to persuade. Um, now, that's not to say that you've got your control approach always in government either, because you've also got to persuade bureaucracies and other ministers and other governments, perhaps, different levels of government to, to come along. Um, but you've also got, but as a corporate outsider, you've got to persuade that government plus those bureaucracies plus the other minister. And so it's the access part and influence part. It just it does take longer. And also, um, the perspective is different. I now have a responsibility to the security holders, but also to the broader stakeholder group that Mervac wants to interact with. It's a different. It's just a different focus to what government has, and you know, you've got to recognise that from the start. With your public policy hat on, because you've got a very deep-rooted career and background in public policy, do you think there's more scope for corporations to have more of a public policy capability so they've got that evidence base when seeking to influence stakeholders and governments? I think what I've seen, Wayne, is that uh, you know government is just such a key stakeholder, especially in this activated uh, community era that we are in. 
uh, government's going to be called on more and more to make decisions to adjudicate between communities and stakeholders such as corporations. And the thing that has really, really struck me, which um, maybe I shouldn't have been surprised, but I've been truly stunned by, is the degree to which government is a mystery to the outside world. That the processes of government, the influences of government, how government thinks, why government thinks that way. Uh, and that part of my role, you know, we talked about it in the first, you know, six months as um, I was introduced to stakeholders, investors. Part of my role was to translate government for Murvac and Murvac to government. Uh, because it is, you know, such a different beast and so opaque to the private sector. Uh, so I think what I realised was yeah, my my skill set, what I was bringing in, that translation function, was absolutely essential. And so to your original question, uh, I suspect that every company you know, needs to up its ability to understand and speak government, if you like, because I think engagement will continue to increase. We, you know, you look federally, you look at Banking Royal Commission, Aged Care Royal Commission. If governments feel that communities aren't getting satisfaction, they will pull a lever a lot harder than they did, say, 10 years ago. Yeah, but it just means uh, uh, folks like us will always have a job, and that's not such a bad thing. <laughs> I mean, you'd love it not to be the case. If governments and communities and stakeholders could get along and just get things done, well, of course, that's right, but um, that the role will continue to be needed. Exactly right. And just finally, Bay, looking back on the last year and what your experience has been, are there any tips that you would give to someone who is leaving a political or ministerial office and making the transition to the corporate sector? Uh, one comment about going from the public, you know, especially political sphere, into um, private sector, I'd say take a break. You know, get that. You know, and that's, that's, if you get that luxury, take it. I think um, I, as I said, I had six months off, and that was just incredibly valuable for me, both professionally, just to stop but also personally just to reconnect with friends and family and that was incredibly important to me i think um more generally uh there is a couple of things that i would say um uh, firstly uh i've been incredibly privileged blessed to have a lot of goodwill from fellow practitioners um uh, including yourself people who've been very generous with their time for a for a newbie who had no idea what the corporate affairs function would look like should look like can look like and so the ability just to reach out to people at all, all levels um, of uh, and all sort of industries uh, in Australia and just say, look, can I just have half an hour of your time, have a coffee, tell me what your organisation does, how does it do it, why does it do it? Uh, I've got my best ideas and my most provocative ideas from my own strategic purpose here in Murvac from discussions that I've had with fellow practitioners and the openness of spirit that I've seen has just been, it's been really wonderful and, and certainly one that I try and reciprocate when people reach out to me. I think the other, the final point I'd make is one internally, and this is one that um, actually Sue, my boss, said to me at my sort of one-year review, if you like. Um, she just said, "I'm going to." She said to me, "I'm going to give you the same message I gave you at the six-month mark: is just be patient. It takes time to put a new function in a new industry in a new company, and um, you know, I think you know, as you say, that crack cocaine phase of, of political staffing." meant that I'm just so amped up that I want to get things done. She said, look, you know, you don't need to break the system now. Uh, in fact, the risk is you will trigger the organisation's autoimmune systems. Far better to be patient, build goodwill, build consensus, build a groundswell of opinion to come with you and persuade them along rather than try and drag them, control them, direct them along, because that's just not going to work. So uh, I think the one thing I'm taking into is just continue to be patient, and it's a long game. I've got to, I've got to take the long game on this approach, and that's far more successful and in fact um, 
relaxing, if you like. It, it, it allows me to be far more strategic and thoughtful rather than rushing, rushing, rushing. So I, I'm, I'm in, finding that a challenge but enjoying the pace. <laughs> Napoleon once said, dress me slowly, I'm in a hurry. Which yeah. is, which Correct. Is, uh, exactly. Uh, and that's exactly right. I love that quote. It, it, it's sort of like hasten slowly, uh, isn't it? Because uh, mm. often... I think, uh, um, especially with lots of corporate public affairs practitioners, do love the tactics as well, and do do love the thrill of the chase and the issue. But you know, that's on the dance floor. Unless you can get up on the balcony every now and again and think about what you're doing and uh, why you're doing it, you, you're often going very quickly. But uh, the direction in which you're going might be unclear. Yes, absolutely correct. Well, thank you very much for your time, Bay. I uh, appreciate you talking to very public affairs and I think there's some great morsels there that uh, uh, a lot of us can uh, can take out and um, you've had your 12-month review and you're still there so it must be looking pretty good. Well at least at least today it is so I'll keep working hard to do that but it's been a pleasure speaking to you today Wayne. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you Bay. Bye for now. Cheers. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode of Very Public Affairs subscribe in iTunes and leave a review. For more visit the Centre for Corporate Public Affairs website at www.accpa.com.au.